Gotta love Cruella. That's that band right there, Cruella, doing the song alive. Because this is David Essel Alive, America's Positive Radio Talk Show. Welcome aboard. If you haven't seen their video, check it out. I'm going to promote the heck out of them because they are our opening music bed. Cruella. It's a funky video. It's a very fun, sexy little video. You will love it. If you love funky, fun, sexy videos, if you don't, you'll probably think it stinks. But we are here for you every Saturday, as we have been forever, over 22 years now, America's positive radio talk show broadcasting live on a Studio E in Los Angeles, California, Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific, XM Satellite Radio, 246, streaming worldwide, talkdavid.com. And we are proud to be part of the premier radio network, 1-800-548-8255, 1-800-548-8255. Coming up in just a couple minutes, George Capanelli, co-author of the I love the title. Oh, my gosh. Do not go quietly. That rocks, doesn't it? it, it and it's so in alignment with our show, becoming more alive in life, passionate in life, risks in life, taking risks in every area of life. Do not go quietly. It's like... Take life by the horns, you know, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, whatever. Take life by the horns. We're going to talk to George, co-author of the book, uh, Do Not Go Quietly. We'll figure out more about what that means to you and what you can start doing differently right now, not waiting till fill in the blank before you do fill in the blank. Write the book, lose the weight, quit the drinking, find deep love, release resentments, Create a new path of excitement, passion. Give back to the world. Serve whatever it is. Do not go quietly. Of course, every show we have here on David Essel Live is archived at our, at our website, talkdavid.com. Hundreds of shows. Tonight's show, at 10 o'clock, the whole three hours will be up archived on our website, talkdavid.com. Let your friends know if they miss a segment and you go, oh, man, this would be so great for my dad to listen to, for my girlfriend, my boyfriend, for my best friend, for my neighbor to listen to, but they're not available right now. Everything is going to be archived. So go for it. I wanted to um, respond really quickly to a text we got in that was kind of urgent before we go to George, and that is... Um, about what to do, and we're going to talk about it more later on, but because it came in and they were begging for a response, uh, what to do with a partner who drinks too much. And, you know, um, and and I want to get your feedback later on. In another hour or so, we're going to open up the phone lines and we'll take your feedback. But one of the things that we have to be willing to do in intimacy, whether it's drinking, smoking, overeating, spending too much money, whatever it is, is that we have to be able to risk to be honest, ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't do any good to talk behind your partner's back about their spending habits or about their eating habits or about their drinking habits or about anything. It does no good at all. As a matter of fact, you break trust, shatter trust when you're not willing to approach your partner dead on. So really quickly to answer your text, sir, you have to talk to your partner. You have to go to her. We'll tell you a little later on how to do it, but you have to be willing to do it now. It's not going to be a better time. Now. 1-800-548-8255. George Campanelli, co-author of the book, Do Not Go Quietly, A Guide to Living Consciously and Aging Wisely for People Who Weren't Born Yesterday. George, welcome to the program. Nice to be with you, David. Terrific opening. Thanks. Oh, 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Why do so many of us allow life to pass us by, George? Why is it? Like our listeners right now who are 40, 50, 60, 70, and they have just like this really average life. And I'm not going to say it's bad if you're really, really, truly happy. But why do we allow life to just sort of flow by? Well, I think that, you know, uh, we're, we're, we're trained, uh, as Don Miguel Ruiz says, we're domesticated. We're um, mm. Uh, you know, in indigenous societies, when a child was born, uh, the wise elders of the community would gather and identify or help identify what the gift, the unique gift was that that child was bringing to the tribe or to the culture. And uh, the, the, the remainder of that child's life was designed to mature and deepen that gift so that they would live an authentic life. Well, we've lost sight of that, David. You know, clearly we yeah. live in a world where... A child is born, and uh, education becomes a kind of mimicry. You know, uh, we we induct them into sameness rather than difference. Mm. Um, and yes, uh, so uh, I think, and Sedina believes, uh, my wife and co-author, that each of us was born uh, to deliver a unique note, a note that's never been played before in the symphony of life, and. Um, uh, this book, one of its purposes is to encourage us to get back in touch with that dream that we came here to manifest and manifest it because that's the key to an empowered, impassioned, engaged, contributory life as far as we're concerned. And George, you're talking about waking up. Yes. Ab- about hitting a level of awakening to shatter the illusion, the old existence, and to start walking into something new. And when did it happen to you and how? Uh, Well, you know, when I was a little kid, I had a sense that I was here to do something, you know, unique or of consequence, and that it would not occur until later in my life. Now, I've been blessed and fortunate to have done some really wonderful things. And uh, one of those additional awarenesses uh, happened when I was in my 30s, and uh, I discovered that I had a gift for sculpture that I had no idea that I had. Uh, it was like a, a moment. Uh, I walked uh, through a, a doorway and into a place within myself in which this ability, this resource existed. And uh, I've been blessed to have that happen any number of times in my life, you know. Um, and I believe that that's true for all of us. The question is, do we have the willingness to pay attention when those uh, hints or those doorways open? And then do we have the courage to follow uh, the path that opens before us? I, 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 As you're talking, you know, I was just something ran through my head that... We are so willing to give great advice to others, but never follow it ourselves. Why is that? (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, uh, the truth is, I think uh, a lot of that's changing. I mean, as I was listening to your introduction and to your comments about the work that you do and uh, the, the, the terrific stuff that you have available to people on YouTube and on your site and all the rest of it, um, there is a tremendous amount of uh, help and support that's there now that wasn't there 25 years ago or 50 years ago in the same way. And so um, I think that uh, today, 
there isn't, uh, although the world around us just keeps bombarding us with such divisiveness and negativity and whatnot, if we are willing to get quiet, if we're willing to listen to that voice within, and then, as you said before, if we're willing to reach out and ask, what can I do, where can I go, who can I talk to, um, what can I read, um, there's an enormous amount of information and guidance that exists. And so we don't have to be confined in lives um, that we don't want to be living. And I think when we touch into that dream, it's like there's a whole blueprint there. Uh, and once we start tapping into that passion, that, that caring, that compassion for ourselves and the world around us, the path forward becomes clearer and clearer. The name of the book is Do Not Go Quietly, A Guide to Living Consciously and Aging Wisely. For people who weren't born yesterday, uh, George Capanelli, co-author with his wife, Sedina. Hey, right after this break, we're coming back with more for George. Go to, for the website, do not go quietly, the book.com. Do not go quietly, the book.com. Check it out. More with George coming up in a second. All the information on our go- guests for the show, talkdavid.com. So glad you're with us. I'm David Essel. Stay there. It's all about becoming more alive in life, and that's what we do every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. David Essel, Alive, America's Positive Radio Talk Show. Welcome aboard, and for all the choices that you have in this world to be spending your time with us, we are so appreciative of that. 1-800-548-8255, XM246, and streaming worldwide at TalkDavid.com. George Capanelli is with me right now, co-author of the book, Do Not Go Quietly. George, is there anything in your life, now I'm going to put you on the spot here, is there anything in your life that you would say, oh my Lord, if I was living full out, I would also be doing X. Is there anything that you could do more of to create more passion, more success, more health, more happiness right now that you're not? Oh, sure. <clears throat> I, I, um, I mean, when I measure, um, when I measure what I do every day against um, what I believe my capacities are, uh, right, the capacity to be more loving, more compassionate, more. Uh, sensitive, more present. Um, you know, I mean, I could go on for hours. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> truthfully, I mean, all of those things are things right. I can do better and do more of. Um, but uh, at the core of it all, I believe um, the, the more in touch I am with the, the, the wisdom that comes from inside of me that I'm able to connect with, the more I am uh, able to be uh, in touch with what is authentic and original um, that I have to offer. 
then the closer to being in balance I come. And the more in balance I come, then the more loving and compassionate and understanding and connected and intimate I am in my life. The title of the book, Do Not Go Quietly, is an extremely proactive title. It's extremely proactive. It's so funny because it's such a, it's it's a. Uh, there's a soft sound to do not go quietly, but it is anything but soft. That it's extremely proactive. What what advice do you have to tell our listeners in regards to getting past the fear of change? Um, so many of our comfort zone activities are unhealthy. The way we don't tap into our spiritual side or our creative side or our financial side or our whatever it might be. It means because we're asking people to get uncomfortable to leave the comfort zone. In regards to do not go quietly, how can you help our listeners let go of the fear of change? Well, the the book is filled, David. Uh, uh, there are 30-some-odd chapters. Each one of them has a number of exercises and suggestions and recommendations and inspirational quotes. Uh, about curiosity, about uh, letting go of limited belief systems, about uh, separating the difference between believing and knowing, um, about uh, forgiveness, about, you know, there, there are a, a, a huge number of tools uh, that the, uh, uh, we call forgiveness the gift that keeps on giving, you know, that um, the more we unburden ourselves, the more we complete the incompletes or decide that we're not going to complete them. So uh, there are endless numbers of tools, um, but as a, an, an old man that I knew for a while who was uh, a, a terrific gentleman by the name of Lester Levinson, and he started... Oh, sure! ...called the Sedona Institute. And the Lester Sedona Method, say, yes. Uh, he used to say, uh, uh, you have to want to wake up as much as a drowning person wants air. You know, wow. uh, you need to, uh, you need to realize that life is a precious gift that, that we either, uh, live it or we don't. And as for the fear of change, talk about an illusion. I mean, it, our lives are changing every single day. The question is, are we participating in it? Are we taking advantage of it? Are we gaining momentum from it? Or are we trying to resist the inevitable? Uh, and that resistance is a complete waste of our time and our energy. Better to put up our feet like we're on an inner tube floating down the river of life and let it carry us to all of the great destinations we're supposed to be engaged in. And as for fear, well, put your toe in the water if you don't want to put your whole foot. Put, you know, put your calf in and see what it's like. <laughs> Test it. Uh, explore it a little bit and find out that most of that fear is completely irrelevant. What's right. important is that we listen to the prompts that come to us from our heart that let us know that no matter how old we are or how young we are, it is never too late nor too soon to live our dreams. George, there are um, there are groups of people that live boldly. I mean, they 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 do not go quietly. They live boldly. They're they're in their seventies, eighties, and nineties, and they're wearing purple hats and pink socks. Um, you know, they're they're like alive with passion. My question to you is: Would there be great benefit for those of us who might be highly conservative? and cringe at the thought of doing something so bold, 
Could there be a great benefit for us to jump off the cliff of life, uh, not going quietly, as your book says, and literally force ourselves to put on the purple hat and pink socks just for the hell of it to see where life takes us? Could you endorse that type of approach? Well, sure. I mean, there's a there's a chapter in the book called Crazy Wisdom, you know, and, and – yeah. uh, and there's a uh, David Ogilvy, who was one of the creators of one of the great advertising agencies sure. in America. David yeah. used to say that rules are for the guidance of wise men and the obedience of fools, you know? So uh, <laughs> the, the fact of the matter is uh, life is an opportunity. We can sit and not take advantage of it, or we can take advantage of it. I don't know that for someone who is concerned or risk-adverse, that the idea of jumping off a cliff uh, is the next best step. I think uh, they ought to do some testing. Test, mm. uh, you know, uh, even if it's small things that they can change, the way they wear their hair, the direction they take to work, the, the you know, change a few habits, uh, exercise if you're not exercising, do, do simple things in your life and then pay attention to the benefit and the reward and then use that energy to take the next step and the next step and before you long people are running full tilt because life feels differently you know right uh, right but we gotta some of us gotta creep up on it some of us are ready to take a bungee cord and jump off the end of the world but right whatever's right for each of us is what we need to do uh, to live from a place of greater love and uh, and the the important thing to remember is none of us have it down perfectly, you know. And so if someone's out there listening and saying, "Well, gee, I can't do that," and I can't do that, know that everyone, no matter how great, no matter how extraordinary, they have lousy days. They trip, they stumble, they fall, they get lost. But the key is, are they willing? To get back up? Are they willing to keep looking for the path? Are they willing uh, to do the next thing that can assist them to be more of who they are? Because it's not about perfection. It's just about learning to be a little bit better every day at being a human being. Uh, the co-author of the book, Do Not Go Quietly, George Capanelli, my guest, look at the website, do not go quietly, the book.com. Check out the book, do not go quietly, the book. Com and decide today to act on George's advice and follow the title of the book. George, we got to run. Thank David. you so much. Thank you very much. Another great site uh, we do great work at. I love what you're doing, and I celebrate it, David. Blessing. Oh, thank you, George. The best to you and your wife. Have an awesome night. More information on our show, talkdavid.com. Stay there. Is I own it like a stopwatch. Let's stop time and enjoy this moment, darling. One day while my light is glowing, I'll be in my castle golden. But until the gates are open, I just want to feel this moment. Oh, oh, I just want to feel this moment. Rocking across the USA every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. Welcome aboard, gang. David Essel in the box with you. David Essel alive. America's positive radio talk show. 
XM246, streaming worldwide at TalkDavid.com. And damn proud to be part of the Premier Radio Network. We hope you're having an awesome day in just a couple minutes. Adam Leipzig is going to be up with us talking about taking risks, trusting your gut as he has in the past. I'm really anxious to talk to him about the uh, uh, the work that he's done with Disney, National Geographic. Oh, my God. This guy has done it all. And you can only imagine to work at the level that he's worked at that it had to take a ton of confidence self-esteem, dot, 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 that is often enhanced through our ability to trust our own intuition, to trust our gut, and to take risks and stick with it, right? March of the Penguins, do you remember that? One of the most popular top documentaries of all time. We're going to ask Adam about that experience because the little I know is that it Almost didn't make the screen. We're going to find out more so that you can benefit about taking risks and trusting your own intuition in your own life. 1-800-548-8255. Don't forget, you can listen to the show live on your smartphone right now. That is one of the coolest things in the world. Just go to talkdavid.com, click on the XM link, look for our text club, T-E-X-T, text club, follow the directions, and bingo, you will be listening to us anywhere you go. All of our shows are archived, so if you miss this, with Adam, or you friends of yours that miss it with Adam, and you go, oh, you've got to listen to this guy. Wisdom. Take it to heart. At 10 o'clock tonight, Eastern Time, all of our shows will be archived from today to join the hundreds of other shows that are already there. So you never have to worry. Or maybe you'll listen to this interview and go, oh, my gosh, i got to remember what this guy said to apply to my life. I'll listen to it later and write it down. There you go. 800-548-8255. Adam Leipzig, CEO of Entertainment Media Partners, former president of National Geographic Films, former senior VP, Walt Disney Studios. <laughs> I just can't believe the background this guy has. Publisher of the popular digital magazine, Cultural Weekly. Adam, welcome to the show. David, it is so good to be here. Thank you so much. You're welcome. How did you get involved in this whole world of documentaries, movies? Did it start, like, when you were a kid, Adam, did you say, that's what I want to do? Was it when you were 20? What, like, how did that happen? You know, from my earliest recollection, I loved the experience of being entertained. I loved the emotional thrill as I sat in the audience, first with theater and then with movies. And I, my first career was in theater, uh, I helped to build a theater in Los Angeles called the Los Angeles Theater Center. And then at a certain point, after I had built that theater with a bunch of other people, and uh, I was looking for the next thing to do, I was sitting in a movie theater, and I was a little bit unsure of what I wanted to do, but I was sitting in a movie theater, and the red curtains opened, and the trailers started to play, and I realized I'm always so excited when the trailers start to play, so I can think about what movie do I want to see next, and I decided that's what I want to do, and that's what I did. Wow. And you jumped at it. And how old were you? I was 26 years old. Yeah. If, is there one experience in the world of movies that you've had that is absolutely the cream of the crop for you, the top of your list, the thing that you're most proud of, most passionate about? You know, I'm going to tell you two because... Because, because, because we can't, but they're kind of similar. One is the I love it. Adam, about. wait a second. Wait a second. David, I'm going to tell you two because I can. <laughs> Simple answer. Because they're two good ones. 
because okay. uh, you know one of them is the one you introed on was March of the Penguins, which nobody mm-hmm. expected to succeed, and the other was really early in my career, one of the first movies I worked on called Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, which oh, also yeah. nobody expected to succeed. My biggest successes have been the movies that everybody was betting were going to fail. And then, now and that... then they didn't, it feels so good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, what was it about March of the Penguins that you were so sure of when everyone else was saying no way? What was it that you were so sure of it was going to be a hit? The movie was beautiful. It was beautifully photographed. It was different from anything else in the marketplace. It was different from the crashing and the burning and the guns and the violence Mm. and everything Mm. else that was out there in the summertime. And it was the ultimate family movie. It was a beautiful, brilliant love story romance. And, of course, I could not have predicted that it was going to become the massive hit that it would. Of course, yeah. nobody, who's, nobody who says they predict a big hit is telling you the truth. You never know it's going to become a big hit. But I was convinced that there was an audience for it, and I believed that we had to go for it. And I really yeah. like what you said in the intro about taking risks, because it is all about taking those risks. Now, now, one thing about – I'm so glad you said that. One thing about risks is that um, a lot of them – obviously do not feel good at some level. You know, we, we, we think about great risk takers and some people go, oh, it's a genetic, you know, they, they were born with this, they just naturally take risk. But I know as a motivational speaker, Adam, 30 years ago or more when I started, that it did not feel good at all to to not number one be in front and responsible for giving a presentation number two getting critiqued sometimes constructively very harshly so how do you know when a risk that doesn't feel good is still worth following through well you know it in your deep deep gut you know it in your deep soul and you have to actually be able to listen to the little voices that are telling you the truth if it's not if it's not something to follow through on you know sometimes people go blindly forward and they deny these little voices that say don't do that not such a good idea and they just put it aside because they believe if i think positively it's going to happen that's not always the case and you have to trust your gut because your deep gut is a really good barometer for what can and can't work and if you feel something deeply you're probably not that unlike the rest of the world out there mm-hmm. so Other people will probably feel it that way, too. One of the other things that I've learned is that the top CEOs in the world, people who run Fortune 50 companies, they seem impenetrable. They seem as though they are always brash and confident and a little bit arrogant. But when you get to know them and you're in the meeting rooms with them, they are really just as concerned, just Mm. as afraid at times. Um, just as self-doubting as the rest of us, they have just learned how to put it in perspective and take a leadership position because they've realized that they may be wrong, but they're going to make as good a decision as anybody could at that moment, and they're going to move forward. And this is one of the things that everybody can learn, which is how to be a leader for yourself. You know, we think about leaders um, as people out there, but the most important is the person in here. The person in yourself right. leads yourself because, you know, we're not, a ba- we're not a bystander in this life. We're not passengers. We are the captains of our own lives, and people need to take control of their lives and say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to lead myself. And when you decide to lead yourself, suddenly you're leading others. Hmm. Um, are there personality types in your mind 
that do better taking risks by themselves than with other people? I think there are. I think that there's, um, you know, I think generally there are people who like to start things and there are people who like to run things. People who like to start things are um, entrepreneurs, artists, people who can vision something that doesn't exist yet. I think right. those people are really comfortable taking risks because it's, it is of their nature, and they need to convince others of something that can exist before it exists. Then there are other people who are really good at running things, people who can take companies and manage them or take groups of people and really work them as a team. Not everybody is both kinds of people. Yes, right, you know right, I mean? right, right, right. Not, not yes, everybody absolutely. has both muscle groups, and that's okay. <laughs> we don't all have to have all the muscle groups. We, can, yeah, I, we always collaborate, right? Right, right on, right on. Adam Leipzig, we're going to come back with him in just a moment after this break. And we're going to talk about something I think is crucial. How do we let go of failure? We take a risk. It doesn't work. How do we let go of it without shame and guilt and resentment? You're listening to David Essel Live. More information at talkdavid.com. Stay right there. You're tuned into America's Positive Radio Talk Show. The whole purpose for the past 22 years of this show is to give you thoughts and ideas on how to move from where you are right now to where you'd really like to be with your mind, your body, your spirit, your money, your health, career, whatever it might be. Adam Leipzig right now is my guest. Uh, He is one of the many people that I want you to take sincerely, take seriously his advice These people that we have had on our show and will have on our show, the reason we bring them on is because of their experience in life, whether it's business, health, relationships, whatever it might be, it would behoove all of us to slow down, take a moment, listen, and then maybe act in a different way. 1-800-548-8255. Adam, I wanted to ask you about, we take risks And not all risks obviously work. So when something doesn't go in the direction that we were hoping it would, if it's a relationship, if it's an investment, if it's a career move, if it's whatever, how can we let go of that experience without regrets, shame, or guilt? Well, there's a four-letter word for it. And that word is next. (laughs) I love it. Oh, my. Repeat that again. The the four-letter word is next, N-E-X-T, next. You take it, you observe it. Of course, you learn from it, and you say next, and you just move on, because the, the failures are part of the process. We, you know, I've made about 28 movies, but the only reason I've made 28 movies is because I tried to make 280 movies. (laughs) <laughs> right. right. It's really it's hard right. to get a movie made. So yes. most of them don't work. Yes. But if you keep going and you okay, so I didn't get that one made. Next, what's the next one? And when you have a great success, you enjoy the success, you embrace it, you 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 breathe in the aroma and then you also say next. 
because you can never rest on your laurels. You can never get complacent. You keep moving forward. That is so simple and so brilliant, Adam. Well, it's something Jeffrey Katzenberg taught me when I was a, a junior executive at Disney. And, yeah. we, you know, we had, a, we had a meeting on a day uh, after a movie had tanked, done awfully at the box office. And he came into the room, looked at everybody who had glum faces, and he just said, next. And we went on with the meeting. And then oh, my six, gosh. Six months later, we had a movie that had been a big hit. And he walked into the room. He looked at all the happy faces, and he said, next. And no he taught, kidding. He taught me, you know, he, he didn't know that he was teaching me, but he taught me that yeah. that is the way you really move forward um, and succeed. You just keep going on. Do you think that your success is mainly innate, something you're born with, your ability to to do the next move, to to not get stuck in what doesn't work, to be optimistic and looking forward? And, and I want a percentage here. Do you think it's, for you personally, more innate or more learned? 75% learned. It is. That's what I would say. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, um, you know if you, every personality mm. test I've taken shows me at the far extreme introvert end of the introvert-extrovert scale. So yes. I, I don't like, I mean, I love being on the show with you, but. It's not the first thing in the world that I would do. I don't really. Oh, like stop it, Adam! I don't That's like so wrong. Oh, it's true. I love being on the show with, <laughs> with you, but it's like I don't like being in rooms with people and socializing yeah. and getting out there, which is part of what I have to do every yeah. day in my job. Things don't come easy necessarily for me. I'm dyslexic. It's hard to read. Mm-hmm. I have to work really hard to get things done. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's innate. I think it's just that I've learned how to cope and how to keep going. See, this is really important for our audience to hear because a lot of times, you know, all the guests we have on have reached levels of success in their area of expertise or we wouldn't have them on for for very valid reasons. And I think a lot of times listeners will sit back and go, yeah, Adam could do that because he is blank or, you know, whoever else it might be. But they and what you're saying right now is validating every one of our listeners is that if 75 percent of your success, which I've heard this from so many people, is is a learned behavior. It's a, a decision. It's a, a willingness. It's an openness. It's an asking for advice and asking for help and all those things that we need to do in order to learn how to be more successful. You've just given a huge percentage of our population hope. Yeah, just persist. Yeah. Just persist, right? Yeah. What is the what's what do do most people say seventy five percent or do what other percentages have you heard? You know, it's yeah, it's usually. I mean, some people will go up to eighty or eighty five. Um, you know, percent that that it is absolutely learned that um because of you know uh, abuse or addiction when they were kids or um you know no no father figure or mother figure you know they'll say that it, it was really eighty or eighty five percent learned because they they started off from such a disadvantage at them. Right. Right. Um, you know, that, that they say, honestly, I didn't have anything to start with, and this is where I got to. Uh, so, But I would say the average is probably around 70%. I, I have yet to have anyone, which fascinates me, I have yet to have anyone say it was mainly an innate gift, that I really haven't had to push myself. But I will tell you, my roommate in college, Jake Jacoby, mm-hmm. this this kid, he he's the type of kid that, you know, we, he would go to some classes and get A's in everything. 
he, he, you know, like, I swear, you know, he, this is, and you know what, Adam, when, when I was in college, the Lord of the Rings was the biggest thing in the world to read, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so Tolkien was huge. So I would get up begrudgingly and go to classes all day, and Jake would go to one class and then stay home and read. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he would get A's and I would get my C's, you know. So so with him, I believe it was extremely innate. He just yeah. was born with a gift to pick up stuff instantly. Yeah. Um, and he went on to become a very successful attorney and, and all, you know, but but I think that's a rarity, Adam. I really do. Yeah, just like Mozart is a rarity. Yes. Ex- quite infrequently. You know, exactly. Exactly. How, how would you advise someone to learn to become more successful steps tips ideas persist 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 do okay. not give up do not give up the people i think the thing that really distinguishes the people who are successful from those who are not successful yet is um is the ability to keep going um, pe- people who are not successful yet, if they get knocked, they, they, they lay down, they stop, they, they swing at the ball, they miss, they put the bat down, and they, ne- and they walk mm. off the field. People right. who are successful just keep going, keep going. Um, they learn when they miss the bat, when they miss the ball, they learn when they miss the swing, but they keep swinging at the ball. You just keep going at it. And I think that makes the biggest difference in the world. You know, one of the things that we know is that everything that we set our minds to, everything that we set our hearts to, everything that we want to happen does not happen. But mm-hmm. we also know that all the things that do happen only happen because we set our minds and our hearts in that direction. Mm. So mm. if you don't fully commit in the direction of the thing you want to get to, you can, by definition, never get there. You may not get there, but you cannot get there unless you really commit to try. Yeah. Have, this, have, the, you, the, have you found that in your own life? Yeah, the commitment is amazing. And you know what? Letting go of the end result is something that, I was introduced to it through Buddhist practices 30 years ago. Yes. And, and, it, and it was so difficult to grasp that idea. In our society, Adam, it's like, you know, we, we work really hard and we need to get the end result. We need to get it. And if we don't get it, then we get discouraged and we back off, right? Right. And, and I think one of the things, along with persistency, is to let go. You know, choose your goal, work really hard, but let go of it having to come to you at the time you think it should and the way you think it should. I completely agree. And part of that is also staying flexible. One of the things that yeah. when, I'm, when I'm advising big companies, I advise them to do and train them to do is to stay flexible to what the audience or the marketplace or the consumers are telling them because they may, they may have gone out trying to do X, but the consumers could be telling them they want X plus Y. And they right. have to listen to that and then shift direction. So maybe they don't end up at the goal they thought they were going to get to, but they could yeah. end up at a better goal if they have big ears and listen and are responsive. I love it. 30 seconds, Adam. One more tip for our listeners. 30 seconds left. When the human embryo is developing inside the uterus, the brain and the stomach are made out of the same tissue, and they are joined. And only as the embryo evolves do the, do the brain and the stomach separate and open up like a flower and become part of two different parts of the body. Mm. The gut is the brain. We may not be able to articulate it with the same kind of words that we can articulate thoughts in the brain, but the gut is real and true. And if we follow it, we're well on the path to being where we want to be. 
I love it. Adam Lipsig. Adam, it was great having you on. Thanks for sharing all of your wisdom experience. It's fantastic. I hope you have a wonderful evening. You too, David. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, you are so welcome. TalkDavid.com is the website. Check it out for all the guests we have. Archives of the show. I'm David Essel. Stay there.